Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, and good morning, everybody. What a great honor to be here once again in St. Joseph. I I'm always privileged to carry you in my heart. It's uh, not quite uh, often that I'm able to be here, but I'm just uh, always so blessed and refreshed every time I'm here. And uh, I'm just honored to uh, be an extension of your love and your life uh, in the nations of the world. So thank you so much for being planted in the local church. Thank you for being loved by the Father in this place. Thank you for loving one another. Uh, thank you for giving to your local church so the needs of, uh, the commu- uh, in the community, of course, can be met. But, of course, then uh, extensions of your love can be expressed around the world. So thank you very, very much. I've just uh, come last month from Beirut, Lebanon, where we purchased this campus in uh, 2009. I got involved there right after the events of 9-11. God gave me an assignment. Uh, in, in the Middle East in regions of rage to set up a water delivery system. And uh, the Bible says there will be, this is Isaiah uh, chapter 30, there will be on every high mountain and every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the time of a great slaughter when the towers fall. And when those towers fell, God gave me an assignment to have a water delivery system in regions of rage. And so I went to the Middle East and uh, to several different countries and I met a man in Beirut, Lebanon, And uh, God stirred my spirit, and we uh, opened a ministry campus and started raising up Middle Eastern leaders to be like an Ananias, to go and find people like Saul, people who are religious yet angry and full of rage, and bring information which could be revelation and bring preservation so Saul's could become Paul's. And it was so uh, thrilling just to see what the Lord's done through these years. And then we bought this campus in 2009. And uh, we're just so uh, thankful for all the Muslim Syrian refugees now that we're reaching out to. And so many hundreds and hundreds are giving their lives to Jesus. And so I want to say thank you because it's churches like yours that make things like this possible. So I'm thrilled. I was telling Pastor Scott last night that uh, I'm refreshed when I come here. You know, a lot of my assignments in life and ministry exhaust me. This one thrills me, hallelujah, and I wish I could extend my stay for the steak night, hallelujah. I felt a real witness with that, and I'm going to buy my ticket right after the service and be here incognito, praise the Lord. But it's, it's uh, beautiful what the Lord's doing here in Living Word, so thank you again for allowing me to be an extension of your life and love. I want to share something with you this morning just to make your heart happy. I believe the gospel is so simple. You know, Paul said it this way, there's a simplicity that is in Christ. And I think the simple things can be the most profound. I think the simple things of the gospel can hang with your heart and stir you and move you and bring you into a place where you can actually allow the Christ life uh, to have a dimension in your life uh, that's dynamic, that's uh, evident, that's powerful, that's uh, redemptive uh, for every event, every situation, and even every person around you. So I hope you're encouraged uh, this morning with the word. If you're not encouraged, don't be too disappointed because I'm leaving town after a service. Hallelujah, you won't have to hear me again, but I, I know your heart's going to be happy. So let's take a moment and let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us completely. Thank you that you favor us abundantly. Thank you 
that you bless us eternally. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all we do is say yes to it. We agree with it and say amen to it. And it just makes our hearts happy. We're believers. And you gave us the faith to believe. None of it was in and of ourselves at all. We didn't have to work up. We just had to be astonished with the beauty of the Lamb. So, Father, help every person in this place to be filled with the word and thrilled with the gospel today and let this be a day of great momentum in their hearts momentum in their mindset thank you jesus for what you're doing in us and through us we give you praise for it in jesus name and all god's people said amen 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 amen. well a lot of times uh when i'm preaching around uh you know the world or even in, in america people always ask me keith how how do we motivate people to do anything? How do, we, how do we motivate people to serve in the ministry? How do we, how do we motivate people to be generous and give? How do, we, how do we get people to do things? And uh, throughout my life, I've uh, always had kind of an up and down yo-yo experience uh, in my ministry, trying to stay motivated and compelled. Because to be honest with you, you look at natural things very long, you can be overwhelmed, you can be discouraged, you can be depressed, your heart can be filled with fear. And so I used to always struggle at even trying to stay motivated, loving God, so to speak, how to love God good enough, how to be strong enough in loving God, because I never thought I did it very good. And so many, many years ago, the Lord delivered me from me where I didn't focus on my capacity to do something. I didn't even focus on my capacity to love him. What I focused on is his capacity to love me. I learned to be loved. And you know, when you learn to be loved, when you understand that God made it, Ephesians 1 says, God made it that you were accepted in the beloved, that your standing before the Father technically has nothing to do with you. Suddenly my heart was thrilled. I found myself, not based on myself, but I found myself in himself. I moved myself, faith did it, got me out of me and into him. I'm in him. I am consumed in Christ. I, my life is hid in Christ and in God. It's a mystery. How do you explain it to people? But when I learn to be loved daily in my life, throughout my nighttime disappointments, my fear-filled thoughts that visit me every day about my life, my world, my ministry, my family, my kids, my grandkids, whatever, the enemy is very good at disappointing all of us in our worldview according to the flesh. So we must have our eyes on Jesus We must behold the lamb and learn to take our position being loved. Because when I'm being loved, I can love him. Do you know my love for the father is just a reciprocal? My love for the father is just a reciprocal of me being loved. And so then I can love him. And you know what? Then I can actually love my wife. I can love my kids. I can love my friends, my neighbors. I can even love my enemies. It sounds astonishing, but I really, really can. And trust me, I have a whole list of them. When you work in places like I work around the world, you have people who don't like what you do. They don't like your message. They don't like you, the way you convey the message, uh, whatever it is. And God is helping me in life because you all understand our world is fragile. It's troubled. There's a lot of pressure and pain in the mindsets, whether it's in the United States or any other country of the world. And we need to figure out as believers, how can we be loved to be the salt and the light in this earth arena and communicate with people that don't get what you get? 
that don't see it the way you see it, that don't understand the love of the Father. And the only way I've learned to do it without disappointment is I've learned to be loved. God loves me completely. I believe it's the gospel truth. So I want to share with you a few principles and thoughts about this today. I'm going to tie it in with missions, okay? So I'm going to be showing you how I stay compelled to do what I do in life because uh, my natural man really doesn't want to do nothing. Keith Hershey, according to the flesh, not motivated to do anything. I'm not even motivated to be nice sometimes. You know what I mean? In fact, I'm actually in the flesh. I can be very grumpy. I know none of you have these challenges. This is why I like you so much. But when Keith Hershey is being loved, I'm equipped by the Father to take assignments that my flesh would never want to do. And this is the thrill of being loved by the Father and serving the Lord and really blessing our world at large. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Here's what the Bible says. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now this verse in context is actually talking about a church that gave an offering to help people in need. But this verse can also be used describing the beauty of what God the Father has done for all of us by sending Jesus. Jesus is the gift from heaven. Jesus is the gift to everyone everywhere. And the Bible says you thank God, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. The gospel is all about gift. The gospel has nothing to do with merit. The gospel has nothing to do with your capacity. The gospel has nothing to do with you qualifying. The gospel actually has nothing to do with your morals, technically, in terms of righteousness. The gospel is gifted. You receive the gift of righteousness, and it's indescribable. There's not human language to explain the beauty of the gift of the Lamb of God. And this is what thrills me in the gospel. This is what motivates me, that no matter how disappointed I am with people or myself, according to the flesh, we can bring the gospel of the gift, and faith is present in the Lamb. Faith is always present in Jesus. So when you're beholding Jesus, when you're proclaiming Jesus, Jesus is the gift of God, the gift himself will change your thinking, will change your mind. That's called a repentance. You change the way you think, a metanoia. You you change your shift from trying to qualify to an understanding I am pre-approved and when you cooperate with the life of Jesus Christ your life is transformed you change in the process of time by just beholding the lamb and letting that living word be the transformation power that brings all the change you need in your personal life so the gospel of the gift I brought a little illustration this morning just to help you understand and help me understand Here's a little cardboard box. You know, our world's uh, thrilled with shipping, you know. It's with people who, my wife, she's, uh, she's one of these members on Amazon. She does all her shopping, like for the grandkids and kids, everybody. On, every day, you know, when I'm home, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a box at the door, you know. She's got free shipping, so boxes. This is a little box from our ministry office. You know, a box represents your flesh life. You know, our human life. This is the way most of us see us. This is the way most of us know ourselves according to the flesh. When you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror and you said, yikes, you know, because, or you ever have a magnifying mirror? Some of us nitpick ourselves to pieces, don't we? We get a magnifying mirror and we see all the creases and the lines and the age spots and this, and we say, yuck. And we're always trying to fix the box. 
We're always trying to fix the flesh. We don't like our fleshly actions. We don't like this, that, something else about our attitude, our personality. And we're always measuring ourselves and knowing ourselves according to the flesh. No wonder we live disappointed. No wonder we live frustrated. Because if you know yourself according to the flesh, you will try to know your spouse according to the flesh. You'll know your kids according to the flesh. In fact, you'll, you'll be uh, empowered uh, kind of with uh, a judgment towards others, something you don't like about them, something you don't like about their way or method or whatever it is. And so if you live in the flesh, you'll always live troubled with yourself. And you never find a point of peace with God because you think you have to be good enough. You think you have to qualify. But here's something beautiful. In this little box, there's a label. All of us have labels, don't we? Our boxes take a beating, and then we have labels. Some of us wear our labels in our minds. Things people have said to us. You're a loser. You're never going to make it. You're good for nothing. huh? So things like that. Some of us wear labels that an ex-spouse said, or a double ex said, or a triple, or what, you know, some things a boss said, somebody said. We wear labels. Some people wear their labels on their body, huh? They have uh, tattoos. They have markings. They have whatever. Fine, wonderful. People try to, try to mark themselves. But here's the beauty of the gospel. God doesn't know you according to your flesh. God knows you according to the gift. Jesus is the gift of God. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gifted Jesus that whoever would believe or receive the gift would have life in him, everlasting life. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is the gift who's speaking and you'd ask of the gift and the gift would give you the gift gives you everything you need the gospel is the gospel of the gift and here's the beauty of the thing when you receive the gift you become gift wrapped when you put your faith in jesus the gift jesus wraps you and now you know yourself according to him not according to you you are in him you are gift wrapped. Now, this is the same box. How would you like to know yourself, this way or this way? Most people who know themselves according to the flesh will always feel disappointed in their faith. They'll never think they're good enough. They'll wonder, I wonder if I'm really saved because I'm really a jerk or whatever. You know what I mean? Saying? But if you know yourself according to the righteousness of Jesus, this is the difference between a faith life and a self-sufficiency life. Being gift-wrapped. And the beauty of being gift-wrapped, when you put your life in him, God, the Father, when he sees you, he doesn't see you according to you. He sees you according to Jesus. Jesus is God's opinion of you. Now, see, this is the beauty of the gospel. This is, you've got to be kidding me. How can this be? This is the beauty of the Lamb of God, who's taken away the sins of the world. He's taken them away. You can see yourself according to the Lamb of God. Your gift wrapped, God knows you not according to you. God knows you according to Jesus. So part of the renewing of our mind is to absolutely tell ourselves the truth of him. Even in my disappointed flesh moments, the truth of me is still Jesus. In my most disappointed moment of Keith Hershey. And trust me, Keith Hershey still has his share. As long as you're in an earth suit, you're going to have your share of flesh moments, flesh frailty, flesh humanity expressions, right? You have to tell yourself the truth. 
you are in him. And in him all is well. Righteousness, peace, even you're a partaker, the Bible says, of his life. You're a partaker of his holiness. God sees me in Christ, sanctified, redeemed, blessed. I am gift wrapped. And this isn't the kind of wrapping, spiritually speaking. Heidi wrapped, my wife, Heidi wrapped this uh, little box for me. Doesn't she do a good job? I, you know, she should have put a little something in it for me, just so when I'm traveling, like Hershey Kisses or something, I could like snack while I'm preaching and traveling or something. But she didn't. She didn't think about blessing me like that. Anyway, you know, some people think, well, with a wrapping, you can just tear it off. Some people say, well, I'm in Christ, but I was naughty, so Christ is off me. No, you are fused in him. The Bible says when you believe you're one spirit with the Lord. It's like, have you ever got a, a gift uh, that's not just wrapped in paper? You can, it's like plastic shrunk wrap or something our grandkids sometimes get little gifts that Heidi buys them they come in a box then they're all shrunk wrap and you can't you can't tear it you you can't you I had to go to the garage you know and get like 10 snips or something you know what I mean just to cut through the wrapping and then you got to rip the thing to get the little silly plastic toy you know what I mean it's shrunk wrap it it could like protective listen God has shrunk wrapped you in Christ just because you nodded even in all your disappointment about you, the astonishment of the gospel is even that the thief on the cross, when he beheld the Lamb of God, he said, you've got to be the one. And Jesus said, I got you covered. Do you believe the gospel's that good? Do you believe that the gospel can pre-approve you and accept you in your deepest disappointments? It's the indescribable gift. It's the beauty of Jesus Christ. So your gift wrap, this is the way you need to know you. And friends, I'll tell you one thing for, for sure. In my little life, this is the way I'm motivated in life. In my marriage, in kids, and with grandkids, with staff, with teams, with cultures, with all kinds of pain and frustration. Every day, I remind myself. This is who I am. I am in him. Jesus has got me covered. Inside and outside. This is God's truth concerning me. And when you renew your mind to this, this is what strengthens you. And then this is what begins to motivate you or compel you in life and ministry. Go with me in your Bible, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 5.14. Are you all glad you're here today? I'm going to preach till as long as I get hungry. As soon as I get hungry, I'm going to say, Pastor Scott, this thing's over. I need to get something to eat. Hallelujah. Huh? Anyway, go with me if you would to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. Here's what the Bible says. In fact, it's up on the screen. <clears throat> Paul uh, tells the believers in Corinth, he says, For the love of Christ compels me. Let's pause. Let's stop. Now, notice what this verse does not say. My love for Christ compels me. It doesn't say that. It's got nothing to do with you trying to love him. It's got everything to do with you knowing and believing that he loves you. See, a lot of Christian people I meet around the world live disappointed with themselves because they say, Keith, I just don't love God very good. You don't have to. You have to learn to be loved by God. Because when you're learning to be loved by God, you'll love him as a reciprocal. It's automatic. It's effortless. 
My love for God comes from knowing and believing he loves me. It's the love of Christ, not my love for Christ. The love of Christ compels me. It motivates me. It moves me. It gives me initiative to work on my marriage in love, to work with my kids in love, to work with my grandkids in love, to work with everybody. You know, everybody in my world's broken. Everybody, according to the cardboard box, has got problems. Everybody, including yours truly. Everybody, according to the flesh, has got challenges. But according to Christ, you have all the solution you'll ever need in him. Because now the difference between manifesting the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit life is dynamic. It's dramatic. It's, 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 it's overwhelming. And so it's the love of Christ that compels me. How do you know the love of Christ? Look at it. It says, because we judge us. In other words, you make a decision. You make a calculation. You know, in the Christian community, sometimes when people think of judgment, they always get nervous. And they always think a judgment is negative. No, there's positive judgments. You can have a judgment from a judge in the court that's for you, that validates you. you have, God judged you, you know, and everything about you in Christ. And it's a favorable judgment. And now you make a decision because of that. Because we judged thus that if one died, who's the one? Jesus. That if one died, all, all, all died. Now think of this. We just celebrated it all last week, right? In fact, today is Easter Sunday in the Orthodox churches around the world, okay? More the old historical churches. It's Easter. What do you celebrate? You celebrate the death of Jesus. You celebrate the burial of Jesus. And you celebrate the risenness of Jesus. And the scripture says when Jesus died, you were there. Now think about this. This is part of the mystery that says you've got to be kidding me. When you died, God saw you included in him. God saw you included in Christ at the cross. Paul said this is the astonishment where you find the love of God. Because the love of God is displayed and demonstrated. The Bible says, right? Romans chapter 8 or 5. is demonstrated when Christ died for you. And so I want to encourage you to make a calculation every day. When Jesus died, I was there. I was included in him. And this is the way we announce the news to people of their redeemed innocence. See, when I'm in the Middle East preaching to Muslim people, I don't preach to people according to their flesh. If I preach people according to the flesh, I would just preach according to their sin as though they need to qualify. I preach to them according to Christ and let them know they've been pre-approved. And when they're astonished at the gospel, they'll want to repent of their sin and be converted, be transformed into the life of Jesus Christ. And so... The love of Christ compels me. Maybe you don't have the struggles I have about being compelled. But uh, I was telling Pastor Scott last night, you know, uh, this is the 35th year of mutual faith. This is the 40th year of full-time ministry for me. I, 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 I grew up in the Midwest. I'm a Midwest boy from Michigan. I lived in a little town like, like St. Joseph. Actually, probably smaller. My town had a blinking light. Does your town have a blinking light or anything? Okay, maybe your town's a little... My, our, my town had like a, a thousand people, I guess. I lived out in the country, five miles in an old farmhouse. My dad's a bricklayer. I'm one of five kids. And uh, I raised pigs. So, you know, my ambition in life was to be a pig farmer. 
and uh, the Lord delivered me, hallelujah, from that assignment. Even though I, 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 love, I love the farming thought uh, today, I tell Heidi, let's just get us a farm, you know, and she rebukes my thoughts, and I say, Lord, bless her, help her, help her find the revelation. But anyway, uh, um, you know, in my little town, I, I learned of the love of the Father. God raised me up somehow through my parents' divorce, scattered me uh, for a few years, and then I found myself in California where I finished college in Southern California at a Christian college called Azusa Pacific. And in 1979, I started working for an Africa organization, September. So that's this year be 40 years. I did that five years, and then Heidi and I started Mutual Faith. Uh, but, you know, when I think about um, staying compelled, you know, I think, hey, most people, you know, after 40 years or something, ah, they can take it a little slow, they can draw back, they can uh, maybe, you know, have a pension or something. Since I have no pension in mutual faith, I'm still in the ministry. Hallelujah. Because I have a calling. But here's the thing. This is how I stay compelled. This is why, because this guy, if Keith Hershey lives according to the Bible, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to build another building. I don't want to pay for another thing. But this guy, when I'm being loved, I say yes to everything. I find myself the most generous guy in the world. This guy's stingy. This guy's thrilled with the beauty of the gospel, and I just want to do everything. It's crazy. So let me explain a few things this morning about being compelled um, and what the Scripture even calls us to be. In some of the things, I'll talk about myself as the guinea pig, so nobody has to think of themselves in a demeaning way. I'll demean my own self based on my own humanity, right? But maybe you'll see yourself in myself, so to speak. And maybe your struggles are similar to my struggles, maybe in a different dimension or, or whatever, but in similar ways. Let's, let's go through some of these. The first one is being compelled to go the extra mile. Now think of that thought. Compelled. This guy doesn't even want to go the first mile. Huh? You know, what I mean by going the second, people that need something. Maybe it's a family member. And they need help, and then help, and then help, and then help. None of you have these kind of problems. It's beautiful. Or, or situations in your, 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 your community or something. But compelled. Look at Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew 5.41. Jesus said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. This guy says, what a bummer. What a bad idea. My flesh, my flesh didn't want to do a lot of things. But this guy, when I'm staying loved by the Father, I'm equipped. I'm capable. And I have a motivation, even in the midst of pain and hardship and headache, to help. To go the second mile with people and to be a blessing when at times I don't want to be a blessing. Let me, let me explain what I mean. I, I uh, uh, have some mission projects we're doing. Let me show you this a couple of pictures. Could we go to that first picture, please? This is like a month ago in uh, one of our church plants in the Philippines. There's no roads to the village. So you've got to walk two miles to get to the, this little island, and you've got to walk through a river. Who's compelled to do that every Sunday? I mean, most people don't, can't even get compelled to go to church on a nice sunny day or a snowy day, huh? People say, oh, do we got to go? You know, now, I, I'm sure none of you are this way, but this guy's this way, huh? They're compelled. Our teams are compelled. How? By, by being loved. What a beautiful assignment. Let's go to the next picture if we can. This is uh, some of our team. You got to go up the mountains to get to the church. No roads. We have to buy horses and donkeys for our teams. 
We're in the horse business. We're in the horse trading business. It's beautiful, huh? Yeah, who's compelled to ride up a mountain to share the gospel? Who's compelled to have a little pain and headache and heartache? We should have an adventurous mission trip through the rivers and over the and riding bucking broncos and horses. That would be kind of fun sometime. Let's go to the next picture if we can. This is, you know, an unreached people group, the, the Nobi people group in, the, in Panama. I'm going to be here next month. And uh, that guy in the far left, he's Donald Korak. He went to Raymond. He's, I met him at Raymond in 1982, 81, 82. And uh, he's worked with me for almost 30 years. He's a real blessing. His son, by the way, is 19 years old and now has come to the States. And he's, he's my intern. I, I like young people. I'm taking young people with me all over the world. I want young people to have a heart to be compelled with the love of God. And just, I'm just teaching kids, just hey, learn to be loved. In all the chaos of our culture and worldviews of our culture, let's just let God love us. Let's, let God, let's not try to fix ourselves. Just let God love us. Let us be astonished with the beauty that we're forgiven, that we're redeemed, that we're righteous in God's eyes through the blood of the Lamb. And our lives will change. Let's just keep love, letting him love us. So we love him and we'll love others. So this is things we do. Who, who's compelled to do these kind of things? This is their first Bible school graduation. It's really, really powerful. The second thing real quick, compelled to give extra. You know, this guy is stingy. You know, giving extra. What a bummer. Look at Jesus says. Jesus said in Luke six twenty nine, and from him who takes away your cloak or coat, do not withhold your tunic either. You know, what a bummer, you know, giving away extra. But Jesus says, believers, his followers are assigned to be generous. And I, I'm not ashamed to tell you people that Keith Hershey, according to the flesh, is stingy. This guy always thinks of lack. This guy always thinks of budgets. This guy always thinks uh, it's never going to be done. This guy thinks of favor. This guy knows I have more than enough. This guy knows that every blessing is headed my way. Hallelujah. So I have to be loved just to be generous. I have to be loved just, just to be generous. Because there are assignments that you many times have to do more than what you really want to do. Let me show you a couple of mission pictures just to show you. This, is our, in our, this first picture is in um, the Middle East. Do we have that next photo, please? Praise the Lord. This is uh, helping Muslims out. So we have a center where we clothes and shoes and everything. They're all pressed and ironed and cleaned and everything. And all these Muslim refugee families come in. And we give them whatever they need. We feed them. Let's go to the next picture. We rent apartments for people. What a bummer, you know, to think about you're renting apartments for people you don't even know. And they don't even believe like you. This apartment, this lady on the left, she's a Muslim lady. They have this one big room where we're all sitting there, and then a little back room. We give them a little, get them a little cooker, give them boxes of food each month. Uh, she, her husband was a, a built houses and stuff in Syria. In the war, they were just blown apart. Their village, they came as refugees. They found the life center. They got radically saved. Now, you may look at that lady with a Muslim headdress. You say, Keith, how can that lady be saved? She looks like a Muslim. She's born again. She's filled with the Spirit. She speaks in tongues. It's unbelievable. She's trained by the Lord. So we sit there, had some tea with her. That apartment cost me like five or six hundred bucks for a month. And we did it for like six months. And now this whole family is in Christ. Redeemed. Understanding the beauty of the gospel. Gone through discipleship. It's worth every little cent to go the extra mile. I see the grace of God doing tremendous things. This family was just got approval as refugees to Italy. 
And so now they're living in Italy. And so we, we tell people, we raise them up and then we send them out. We're sending out more Muslims who are now redeemed in Christ. They're, they're, they're Christ followers. It's astonishing. And so all the chaos, all the pain, all the headache, all the frustration that this guy sees, this guy sees nothing but the beauty of the Lamb. So you've got to renew your mind to the beauty of the gift. It's the gospel of the gift, and it's the gift that compels you. The love of God in Christ compels you. Let's go to the next uh, picture if we can real quick. This is uh, some of our kids. We have 120 kids. This is in uh, our school, Life Unlimited School in Nigeria. Let's go to the next picture if we can. This is uh, our Life Home Orphanage. We have 24 kids now, I think, in the Life Home Orphanage, and uh, they're all beautiful and we're thankful for what God's doing in all of their lives. Let's go to another picture if we can. Do we have another picture? Any more photos? Okay, we don't. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's go to the next thing. This is compelled to feed the hungry. Compelled to feed the hungry. Your pastor's compelled to feed me today. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to be hungry. It's going to be beautiful. You know, but this is what Jesus talked about. Look at it. It says in Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies. What a bummer. Huh? This guy, according to the flesh, reading the scripture says, it is impossible. Hmm? I can't stand a person. They're a thorn in my flesh. Have anybody had those kind of challenges with a client, a friend, a business partner, somebody in your family, your kids, your grandkids, something, huh? A sibling. Yeah. We all got these kind of pain points that according to the flesh makes us want to write somebody off. The only way I don't write anybody off is I stay loved. I believe believe God loves me. And I believe God loves everyone everywhere. And somehow, when I'm equipped in the love of the Father, I can love my enemies. It says, bless those who curse you. What a bummer. You know, how would you like to have somebody just call you names, slander you, cuss you out? And say, man, that was just awesome. Could we go have lunch together? Listen, man, I want to hear some more of this. This is just be- None of us in our right mind would want that, right? But somehow there's a way, gift wrapped, that you can bless those who curse you. It says you can do good those, to those who hate you. Think of that. You can pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. They can be in your heart and you bubble them up. In prayer, and you just give them as a gift to the Father. Say, Lord Jesus, this beautiful person can't stand my guts, but I know you love them. God, you love them more than I love them. I give them to you. Help them. Figure it out for them. Bring somebody in their life. Soften their heart. Open their heart so they can believe. I can't open their heart. You can open their heart. You pray. It's the beautiful thing and the capacity a believer has when they're being loved by the Father that you don't have to write them off. Even in your disappointment with people, because you're only disappointed with them because you know them according to the flesh. But when you know them according to the Christ, they were as included in him as you were. When one died, all died. And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing. So we're compelled to feed and to bless those that uh, don't like us. Let's go to the next picture if we can real quick. This is feeding people in the Middle East. We feed thousands every year. Uh, meals uh, in the Middle East, our kids. We have 240 kids every day at our Life Center campus. It's amazing to me. I marvel at it. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful ones. Let's go to the next picture if we can. This is in the Philippines on our campus. 
You know, we hold big festivals and events, feed everybody. Man, we roast these beautiful big pigs, you know, and put the whole big pig on the table. And, you know, they got feeding stations with all. It's just amazing. Beautiful. Just bless people. And you know what? Does everybody believe perfectly? Of course not. Does everybody see it the way I see it? Of course not. I sometimes don't even see it the way I see it. You know what I mean? I mean, there's things in life that I'm still, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Man, if I could get my wife to see it the way I see it every time, hallelujah. Now we're talking about real victory, you know what I mean? But, you know, we we, we have to understand we're, we're all different. God's working with all of us. Let's just give people grace. Let God, let's trust God that the gift is working. The gift of Jesus is working. Number four, real quick, compelled to build. You know, life centers, orphanages, churches, etc., you know, when I think of this beautiful campus you have here and when it was built and the vision, you know, Pastor Larry and Pam had years ago with the church family. And this is magnificent. And, you know, thank God somebody had some faith in that season and, and triggered the beauty of vision. And people said, come on, let's get it done. And look, at for I don't know how long it's been here, but what, a couple decades, I'm sure, or longer, right? 30 or 3 decades. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. But see, this is, this is why planting is important. And this is why sometimes I get very discouraged in mission work, planting, because it takes money to do things. Look at it, it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 4 and 5. Luke chapter 7, verse 4 and 5. It says, when they came to Jesus, they begged Jesus earnestly, saying that the one whom he should do this for, this, this guy needed a miracle for his family. So the disciples said to Jesus privately, hey, the one whom he should do this for was deserving. Let me tell you something. That mindset is old covenant. You don't have to be deserving. You're pre-approved. Your blessing from the Father has nothing to do with your capacity. You got no flesh in the game. It has to do with the lamb. The love of the lamb. The old covenant was you. Deserving. If you could do. If you could, you know, obey all that's written there and blessing was attached to you. In the new covenant, blessing is attached to Jesus. You're in the gift. You're gift wrapped. And your doing is just because you're cooperating with the life of God. I do good because Jesus made me good. I don't do good to get good. I get good because Jesus was good. Jesus did it all. I'm qualified in him. I have no qualification. I tell people I couldn't qualify myself before the father based on me on my best day never i'm only qualified because of the lamb and when you can understand the beauty of your the vessel you're the temple and tabernacle of the holy spirit you don't have to live disappointed with every little mishap along the journey you don't have to write yourself off i wonder if god hates me now i didn't do this i didn't do that i didn't get blah 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 blah. no just just Stop having an addiction to yourself. Have the addiction to the Lamb of God and be fully wrapped in his life and his love for you. So compelled to to build. It said, so back to Luke 7, 4 and 5. It says, for he was deserving, for he loves our nation. Well, it's good for people to love their nation wherever they're from. Beautiful. And he has built us a synagogue. I love that phrase. One brother built the whole thing. One brother built the whole thing. You know, we're living in a time where there's such a massive explosion of wealth. You know, these young kids, <laughs> you know, they're 22 or 24 or 27, whatever. They come up with some 
uh, tech idea goes public, they make like $3 billion. $3 billion. Uh, I, One of my board members for our ministry just turned 90 years old. They've been on our board since we started. And beautiful couple. They've traveled with me around the world. And so I went, <coughs> excuse me, on, on uh, New Year's Eve, me and Heidi went to their home for a little party. His, his uh, 90th birthday was on New Year's Eve. And so we're there, and his wife's talking to me, and she's saying, she's talking about a friend that we both know up in the Bay Area, you know, where all the tech companies are. She leads a nonprofit, a secular nonprofit, not a, not a Christian, born-again type. I don't even know what the nonprofit does. But then they showed me an article, you know, online, that, that one person, just one person, gave my friend, her organization, one gift of... $200 million, a one-time gift. So, man, and I'm looking for 25 bucks here and $50 there and $300 and 5000 You know what I mean? One person gave one gift. This guy, one guy built the whole church. It'd be like somebody saying, hey, uh, Pastor Scott, uh, you know, I don't know if you have any dreams in your heart or anything, but I feel like I've come into a big load of blessing. Uh, uh, just uh, write out the vision, I'll pay for it a whole. Okay, praise the Lord. It's like, what? This is the beauty of believing. God can surprise you with substance. And this is why in my world in missions, I never calculate the cost fully as though I have to provide it before I initiate the project. I always initiate in walking in the favor of the Father. And then the resource is attracted to the vision of the Father. And this is the beauty, I think, of being compelled. Let me show you some things right now we're doing. Uh, this next picture is, I just dedicated this church. It's not fully finished. This was in December in the Philippines. We're in General Santos City. Those of you who are sports fans or boxing fans, Manny Pacquiao is from this town. He owns all the land around our, our campuses, but we're planting a lot of village churches like this. Let's go to the next picture. This is our main campus. Uh, this has all just been renovated, new AC units on the walls and screens and everything. It's, it's beautiful. Thank God. Let's go to the next picture. All our infrastructure, we built a, you know, culvert. Uh, it was like 50 yards long just to stop flooding issues and problems. It's great that's done. You know, let's go to the next picture. I think that's just the conclusion of the culvert. Yeah, let's go to the next picture. This is apartments uh, that we have in our campus. You know, we bought a, a, a building called Life Center USA for a million dollars. In 2009, then we had to rebuild it out for like 300000 But now I'm tired, of, I'm tired of renting apartments, you know, in the community for refugees. So I've built my own. Hallelujah. And so we have all these Muslims staying on campus, being discipled in the love of the Father. It's a great thing. Let's go to the next picture. This is a, a life home. We just started this March 1st. And uh, so all this is being done. Let's go to the next picture. This is for the, the boys and, and girls. We've got to separate. This is our sports pavilion. This, they just sent me pictures yesterday. I got uh, flying into Chicago yesterday morning and then before driving down here. Uh, so all this is being done. All the steel work and everything's being done right now uh, to hold uh, for the community and concerts and things. Let's go to the next picture. This is in the Ivory Coast. This is our new uh, mission center in a French-speaking nation. I gave my promises for like... I bought some land there. It was like $18,000. And I gave my promises I'm going to build. I'd do something. And I never, I never could pull the trigger. You know why? Because when I would think about it, 
I would be exhausted. I would, just, the, I would think in the flesh, there's just no way. I just, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. So I had to take time and be loved. I told Heidi at the end of our conference in January, I said, I'm doing everything. She said, what? I said, I'm doing everything. She said, what happened here? I said, I, 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 I was loved. I was loved by the Father. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm going for it. I'm not going to slow down in the love of the Lamb. I'm going to announce the news if one died, all were included. And I'm going to preach to people according to the reconciled innocence from the Father's point of view, what God testifies of them in Christ. And this is the beauty of believing. So I love it. I, I, I like it. I want some more of it. Hallelujah. I, I'm just delighted in life that God can give us something to carry. That we can have our hearts stirred with some excitement and enthusiasm about our moment, our world, our season, our, our space, our place. That grace is available for all of it. It's a marvelous thing. Let me show you one other thing. Uh, number five, this is my last little point. Then, then I'm getting hungry, so service is going to be over. <clears throat> I'm compelled to share the good news. I don't preach bad news. That's why I'll never preach to you according to your flesh. You already know how terrible you are in the flesh, right? I don't need to pile on and think you measure yourself based on yourself. Listen, if you've got to measure yourself based on yourself, you'll have depression every night when you're awake. You measure yourself based on the Lamb. He's your everything. He's the gift that absolutely wraps you inside and out. And he's God's truth concerning you. This is the way God knows you. So I'm compelled to share the good news. And this is my most thrilling assignment. When I proclaim the gospel, whether it's in a wonderful church like yours, if it's just one-on-one as I'm stumbling down the road, the love of God in Christ is enough. We have to announce the news. And we have to find ways in our culture to connect with people without diminishing or making them feel they have to qualify. Dear God, that's a heavy burden that nobody can carry. Jesus carried it all. He carried it all. And this is the beauty of Jesus. Let me show you what we do. So we do conferences around the world. And uh, this uh, picture that's coming is of a conference, I think. This is our uh, sanctuary, an auditorium in Lebanon. It seats 700 people. We, we do a thing there called Kingdom Fiesta. It's absolutely jam-packed. I was there in March last month. And... Uh, I went out the front of the building, there's steps going up in this thing, and I, I was out there five minutes at most. I bet I saw 200 people leave because they couldn't find seats. Young people. You go, you go up, it's just absolutely amazing. Muslim people. And you give an altar call at the end. And I never diminish their religious thinking. Never. I present the lamb. Here's the one who pre-approves you to the Father. And then they come up for prayer, and you just bless them and love them and hold my. I'll never forget this one big, strong Muslim guy come up weeping like a baby, asking me to pray. I said, yeah, God loves you this much, my friend. Then he said, would you pray for my wife too? I said, absolutely. So he introduced me to the wife. I said, absolutely. They said, oh, by the way, this is my other wife. Would you pray for her too? I absolutely come up, my dear one. Come up. Let God love you. Let God love you. Let's let the gospel of the gift settle deep in your system. Thrill you. Thrill you. There's got to be a way to see people gift-wrapped 
and not see him according to the flesh. I promise you one thing. If you see people according to the flesh, I know something about you. You'll never fix them. And if you need to fix them to think they're righteous, you'll never understand that righteousness is gifted. It's important that we're loved. It's important that the conclusion, the judgment we make of ourselves is when one died, I was there. God saw me in Christ. I'm forgiven forever. I'm redeemed forever. I have an eternal redemption. I can be loved. Then love becomes easy. Love becomes easy. Let's go to another picture real quick. This is other conferences we do. In fact, uh, I'm going to be in Latin America uh, in two weeks or something. Uh, doing conferences like this with leaders and people. And then, you know, big conferences, little conferences. I don't care where it is or if there's 5,000 people there or if there's five. I don't give a rip. I just like my heart thrilled with the gospel. I like to tell people the truth of who they are according to the gift. Because when you preach Jesus, faith is always present in the Lamb. Faith is not your problem. I know a lot of people always want, I wonder if I got enough faith. I wonder if my faith's grown enough. Listen, if you're sitting under teaching to Pastor Lair for all these years and Pastor Scott all these years, I don't believe you have a faith problem. But I believe you might have a love problem. Not loving God, you love God beautifully. But you may have a problem being loved. You know what Keith Hershey's problem was in life? That God showed me many years ago. I didn't know how to be loved. But God fixed me. When I preach in the world, wherever I go, I teach people how to be loved. Because it fixes everything. This is where you find your deliverance. This is where you find your wholeness. This is where you find your peace. And I'm crying better than I'm preaching. It's marvelous. Let God love you today. Amen. Did you all like the word? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's stretch just for a minute because that was my introduction. (laughs) Just stretch. Let's stand to our feet real quick. Just lift your hands to heaven or put your hands on your heart. Say this with me. Say, Father, it's good news. You love me completely. You favor me abundantly. You bless me eternally. I don't fully understand it, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, I pray for these precious people. Thank you that you plant them in this place. Father, if they're disappointed with themselves, friend, rearrange your thinking right now. Don't see yourself according to your flesh. See yourself according to Christ. You're gift wrapped. God sees you beautiful. God sees you forgiven. God's got nothing against you. Nothing was put on Jesus Christ. Let your mind be thrilled with the gospel of the Lamb. Let Him love you. Tell yourself the truth constantly. 
in your daytime hours and in your nighttime hours. God, you love me. Say to yourself, I receive. I receive your love. If you learn to be loved, you'll have a beautiful marriage. If you learn to be loved, you'll never again live with disappointment. disappointment in your kids don't have any disappointment in your grandkids don't have any disappointment in the neighbor's kids beloved tell them the truth of the gift the gift is enough The gift gives you everything you need. The gift gives you the desires of your heart. The gift fulfills every dream. Father, thank you today. Thank you for today. I bless every person. I bless every home. I bless every family. Father, I believe that when we're loved, we find healing. I believe we feel better. I believe depression leaves. I believe judgment becomes invalid in our vocabulary. Father, arrange the circumstances of these your kids in perfect scenarios to surprise them with grace surprise them with your sufficiency give them the revenue streams they need for their dreams and for their homes and for their assignments let them flourish and I thank you for this church I thank you for the history of this church Father, I'm excited about the future in this church. Let there be a thrill in this community and the surrounding communities. Holy Spirit, draw the people to come to be loved and experience the goodness of the Father. Thank you for meeting every need among us this day, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated, friends. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.